0: God's raising us up in love. Not just a feeling or an emotion, but a glorious power. A power that's stronger than death. A power that moves mountains. A power that's stronger than sickness and disease and poverty. A power that's stronger than all humanity combined. A power stronger than a million suns. God's raising you up in His love. The higher you go in His love, the more you know His power. God only manifests His power through love. God is love. Psalm 45, 1. A contemplative song of instruction for the loved one to the melody of lilies. My heart is on fire, boiling over with passion. Bubbling up within me are these beautiful lyrics as a lovely poem to be sung for the king. Like a river bursting its banks, I'm overflowing with words, spilling out into the sacred story. Jesus. Psalm 69.9. My love for you has my heart on fire. My passion consumes me for your house. Nothing will turn me away, even though I endure all the insults of those who insult you. Psalm 119, 140. All your promises glow with fire. That's why I'm a lover of your word. And finally, Song of Songs 8, 6. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner of love. My passion is stronger than the chains of death and the grave, all-consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. That's the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Placing that fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. Born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, and the seed became the covering of love. That's truly King Jesus's apostolic covering. You're going to learn a lot more about apostolic covering. It's real, it's the canopy and dome of Isaiah 4 or 5. It's the canopy of love. That seed inside you grows up to be a covering of the tree of life talks about in judges how the leaves of the tree of life are the covering and they drip oil the tree of life has to be your head's covering the curse of man and the fall of man is having other coverings over our heads you know you see the symbolism with the yarmulke you see it symbolized with people wearing different religious things on their heads It's all about coverings. Now the fall of man is having fallen angels as your coverings. That's what Adam and Eve signed up for. Adam and Eve signed up for the serpent to be their covering. That's how the serpent came into the heavens. He was under their feet, and then they allowed the serpent to be their covering, and he went into the sky, and he took the angelic sphere. Satan was below them in the garden, in the glory. When they were in the fullness of glory, Adam and Eve were above Satan. But when they allowed Satan to deceive them with religion, with religious words and selfish ability, he became their covering. That's written in Revelation. And the dragon's tail swept one-third of the stars. So you see, the fallen heavens are the false covering of the fall. That's why the promise of Peter is a new heavens where righteousness dwells. It's a covering for souls of righteousness. What is righteousness? Divine spirituality. Righteousness is not just doing the right thing and being in right standing with God. I mean, that's religion. I mean, what kind of garbage is that? Righteousness is how spiritual you are practicing righteousness is practicing Father God's level of spirituality. That's the only thing that makes you upright is if you walk with the Father as a spirit and not a flesh. God is spirit. John 4 24. God's a spirit. The Father himself is a spirit being. Amen? Does he have a flesh? No. He's a spirit. The Father is like the angels. He's the God of gods. The Father is the maker of angels. Jesus took on flesh to restore us back to our creator, the Father, the Spirit. God is Spirit. Jesus died on the cross so that our minds could go through the cross and be with God the Spirit. What does it say in Romans 8? Those whose minds are controlled by the Spirit have peace with God. It's all about the mind. You'll find most people's hearts love all the fruit. But the problem is in the mind. The mind is deceived and the mind opposes the Holy Spirit. It says the carnal mind is at enmity and strife against the Holy Spirit's mind, the Holy Spirit's thinking, the Holy Spirit's ways. There's a war because of the false covering and the influence of the fallen angels in humanity's mind, you deal with it nonstop. Every day of your life on earth, you have dealt with this. The carnal mind and the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is having your mind in the Spirit, in Eden. And there are levels and there are degrees of the Spirit. It's not just, you know, once baptized in the Holy Spirit and I'm in. That ain't even close. You're not even close. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is a taste of the things to come, a foretaste of things to come. Scripture says that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is a foretaste of things to come, of living in paradise. That's the things to come, is having your whole soul in the Garden of Eden and experiencing nothing except divine love constantly. Not a negative thing in your day. That's where we're going. That's the promised land where there's not one demonic influence, one negative word in your whole soul. Nothing bad, only good. Amen. God is good. You know the verse? Nahum 1-7. God is good. So when you're in God, you're not going to have anything bad. Anything bad. Everything bad is the devil. God doesn't have anything bad in him. God doesn't have hurricanes in him. God doesn't have sickness and disease in him. God doesn't have poverty in him. God doesn't have lust in him. God doesn't have a drop of pride in him. God is good. His goodness is his glory. You come into his glory and all the negativity in your life is vaporized. Amen. Goes up like a furnace of smoke. There's nothing bad in God. You have to come into the glory of God to get every negative thing out of your life. And now people want to blame others and say, well, it's my spouse. They don't read their Bible. They don't have faith like I do. They don't pray in tongues a half hour a day. Listen, I've never seen an equally yoked marriage in Christianity. And I've been counseling marriages for 13 years. I've never once seen an equal, equally yoked marriage. Never once. One's always way more on fire than the other. Maybe they're both saved. We see that half the time, but Another you know, half the time, one of those spouses ain't even a Christian. You know, see, a lot of spouses will try to pull them into the magic arts. We've had many people fall away because of their spouse pulling them away from the glory of God. You can't do it. It says in Scripture that the believing spouse consecrates, makes holy, washes the unbelieving spouse. Amen. It's written in Corinthians. That the unbeliever is sanctified by the believer. Now that's what you need to do. You need to go deeper into your own sanctification. We all deal with it. We all have family members that are just a total mess. We all need to be completely drenched with anointing. We all need to go deeper in the glory of God. The issue issue is sanctification. The word they're dealing with the problems in life is sanctification consecration, being made holy. There is levels of holiness that you and I know nothing about. That's where we're going. In Eden, perfect love with not a drop of pride, selfish love. With not a drop of phileo, selfish love. It's a place of pure agape. That's the difference between religion and God the Father. Religion is selfish love. It is. And and it pretends to be sacrificial, just like Cain's sacrifice pretended to be sacrificial. That's exactly a perfect description of phileo, carnal love. Phileo, carnal love. And it's everywhere. That is the main enemy of the fire of God burning in your life. Just be good. You don't need the Holy Spirit fire. Just be a good person in your own soul, trampling the blood of Jesus underfoot. Amen. That's what phileo love does. Phileo love is the love of the Antichrist, saying that you can love apart from God's love. That's what the tree of knowledge is all about. That's what the curse of the fall was all about. Adam and Eve were deceived into being good people apart from God's goodness. That is exactly what happened. Adam and Eve were not deceived by the serpent, by lust. They weren't going to do that. They we're perfectly holy creatures. You're born again. You love Jesus. You love the Bible. You want to be a good person. There's millions of us. The problem is, is millions of us are deceived in being good people apart from the glory of God, which is called His goodness. And it's false. That's Jezebel's works. That's what the magic arts do. They deceive you. To be good people apart from the glory. And they still persecute the glory. So that when the glory cloud of God comes around, people fight God the Father. You see, I've seen it every day of ministry. Human goodness is the antichrist fighting God's goodness. Because what do I need him for? I'm already doing good. I'm already a good person. That's what self-righteousness is. That's what the nature of of the red dragon is. That's what pride, madness, and religion is. Being good in the soul apart from the Holy Spirit's fire. So you can rarely find any Christian that's willing to sacrifice their whole soul because many parts of our souls we consider good. That's why people don't go deeper in God. That's the main number one thing that holds people from going deeper into the fire of God. Now, People like me that were just complete and total gener- degenerates. Complete and total degenerates. I realized at age 18, there did not exist one drop of goodness in one cell of my body. There did not exist one drop of goodness in any room of my soul. That the only way that there was goodness passing through me was by the miracle of the Holy Spirit. That's why it is written, Luke 7:47, Whoever's forgiven much loves much. Because when you are a complete and total reprobate, like the apostle Paul was, and like many others, like Mary Magdalene, a prostitute, in whom the Lord drove out seven demons, when you encounter the glory of God, it's a foreign person to you. You're not mixing it with your own goodness like so many millions of Christians do, or it's partially my goodness and partially his goodness. When a reprobate encounters the glory of God, you know that's only God. That there is a different being altogether, though the Spirit of God that's possessing you for those words and for those, those attributes, those character qualities to be manifest through your soul because they were never there before in your old man. Your grave clothes are burnt off in the full realization of His goodness. Part of the grave clothes that have yet to be burnt off the bride is the religion that we're still good. Those areas of our souls that we don't give to the fire. But why would we? There's no reason to sacrifice anything that you see as good. That's Satan's number one strategy to keep people out of the glory of God, which is our promised land as Christians. The glory is our promised land. Why would I go and sacrifice my goodness... For what I don't even know what that is. I mean, we don't even most Christians don't even know what the glory is. Most Christians haven't even felt the glory. They don't know about drinking the glory. They're not they're not aware of the river of glory. But that's our job as pioneers, is to make that realm, the promised land, the love realm, the wine realm, available to everyone. That's what I was experiencing during worship. I was whacked out. I wasn't sleeping, I was just whacked out on love, I was like in a trance-like state of ecstasy. It's powerful. We'll share the links to that music in the Red Letter Ministries Facebook group. Because that love is getting stronger every day. The last two weeks, but really this week, I've noticed a dramatic increase of divine love. And we've been whacked on love a long time. I mean, I've been in love, I've been crying tears of love for 20 years. This isn't anything new to me, but these are new levels to me. This is like God wants to pour out his love and intoxicate cities and nations. He wants to intoxicate America. He wants to intoxicate every spectrum of society. He wants to completely drown the separation from church and state so that the government of God can be on Christ's shoulders. Can you imagine... By being ruled over by Jesus on earth? Don't you know that's where we're going with this? We usher in His second coming. We will be ruled over under the covering of His love. Jesus is my apostle. I'm currently ruled over and under the command of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's my apostle. I submit to Him in every way. I do anything He asks me to do every day. I'm completely and totally in love. But I'm telling you guys... We grow in that love by being submitted to Christ the Apostle, meaning Christ the King. The the apostolic nature is the kingly nature of God. It's kingship. It really is. And the prophetic nature is lordship, kings and lords, king of kings and lord of lords, of the apostles and prophets. If you read the book of Revelation, of why God destroys it, He doesn't destroy it for humanity. He actually says, I destroy it for my apostles and prophets. Because they're consecrated. They're holy. That they're so in love with the Father that the Father will do anything for them. It's a, com- a complete and totally different level of relationship than just fire insurance, just Sunday morning, just getting my 15-minute devotional before going to work and doing that. There, there's a place that you're going. Now, you can go to work and practice the presence of God and turn that place into a furnace like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Don't limit God's ability to what you do in the natural realm. The glory realm, that's one thing people say. It's like, well, I got to work or I got to take care of my kids and you do all this. The natural realm doesn't limit your spirit. That's your mind. That's your unbelief in not knowing the power of God or the power of the scriptures. When you have rivers flowing out of you, it don't matter where your body is. You could be at a desk job. I mean, you could be running a nursery. You could be running the government. You could be running, be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and the best thing you could ever be is being whacked out in the glory of God. Because then all of your ideas will be coming from God the Father, and they'll all prosper. Success on every level of society comes from your soul being buried in the glory of God the Father. Buried and not coming out. Ezekiel 47 calls it having your soul underwater. And I came to a point in the river that no man could cross. Hallelujah. That's where we need to go. The place in the river. First of all, most people haven't found the river. Find the river. Father, release a revelation of the river of life into their hearts and into their minds and let them experience it deeply. Let the river become more real to you than anything in the natural realm because that's the only source of life on earth. God is in heaven. Jesus is in heaven. And from the throne of God and the Lamb proceeds the river. Revelation 22.1 The river is the only Power and presence and enforcement of the new covenant of God that's on the face of the earth, and it's more than enough. Jesus said, it's better that I go to the Father and send the Holy Spirit. It's better that Jesus is not here and that you have the river, according to Jesus Christ in the Bible. That's how great the river is. The problem is, we come to a point in the river. Say we discover the river. We get around people that know how to drink the river, revelations of the river. We're in the glory of God. We love the glory of God. But there are things still in our life that we have not given to the river. All of us have them. The river is what sanctifies us. The river is what consecrates us and makes us holy on levels of holiness that we don't know anything about until we're crystal clear. Until the Father can be seen straight through your hearts and souls. That if anyone looks into your soul, anyone looks into your eyes... The windows to your soul are your eyes. Anyone looking into your eyes can see God the Father. That's how crystal clear the river of life makes you. That they look into your face and see God. They looked into Stephen's face and he was glowing. And they say, he has a face like an angel. No, he had a face filled with the glory of God. They were seeing the Father. That's what they were doing. He showed the Sanhedrin God the Father through His glowing face. And what did they do? They murdered Him. Don't think it's going to be easy. Everything that's not in the glory hates the glory. There is darkness here beyond imagination. 200 million demons talked about in Revelation chapter 9. An ancient primal evil whose tail swept one-third of the stars. Everything! in the natural world, in the natural order under the sun and under the moon of gravity and the curse of the fall opposes the glory of God. You're recreating creation by going into the glory of God. You're opposing gravity. You're opposing natural order. You're opposing physics. You're opposing science. Everything about the glory of God goes against the natural realm. The natural realm is the prison of the soul, the curse of the fall. The glory realm is our promised land. Meaning, you have to melt the elements with fervent heat to set the captives free. It's not optional. If you're imprisoned in your mind in the natural elements, that's what the curse is. That's what hell is. That's what being submitted under the fallen angels is. As being locked in the natural dimension with your mind. Revelation. Revelation of the glory of God, called the knowledge of the glory, Habakkuk 2.14, is what sets your minds free from the natural to live in the glory. It's not just supernatural, it's the glory. Everyone in his temple cries glory continuously. If you're not a glory addict, a glory fanatic, then you don't have the revelation of the gospel yet. 1 Timothy 1.11, and they emphasize, the gospel is the glad message of the glory of the happy God. What is the Gospel? It's the knowledge of the glory. What covers the sea? The Gospel. What Gospel? The knowledge of the glory. Talk to people in Christianity about the glory of God. One in a thousand has even heard it or tasted it or felt it or drunk it. Even Christians born again operating in the gifts are completely clueless right now. That's how fringe this thing is right now. It's true. We gotta make it mainstream. We gotta make it mainstream. We need the glory of God more than we need our next breath. Amen? The glory of God should become your breath. It's called the breath of life. The glory of God will give you a blood transfusion. You need glory dialysis. Amen? Literally, you need glory dialysis because your blood is corrupted by sin. It's true. The blood is corrupted. Now, the life is in the blood. How much life do you want in your blood? The glory changes your blood. It gives you dialysis, truly. It's a transfusion. Jesus' blood changes your blood so that you can't get sick. So when they dropped bubonic plague on John G. Lake's hand, it dissolved under the microscope before their eyes. That's because he was in the glory realm. That's because his blood was different. That's because there was so much fire in his spirit going through his brain, into his bones, into his blood. When you're that deep in the glory, you can't get a common cold. You can't get sick. You're immune to every sickness and disease. Jesus laid hands on lepers and cleansed them. Highly contagious leprosy. Jesus just put his hand right into the leprosy, got into all the the goo and the body parts falling off, and healed them. And they were cleansed. Amen. That's how deep we need to go into the glory of God. That's the consecration of the river of life. It's for natural healing and supernatural healing. First by faith, your spirit, your heart, believes in Jesus. That's the beginning of the greatest adventure of all time. Of walking with Jesus Christ. Now we must learn the knowledge of the glory after we're born again. We need real Christianity that works in the glory of God. Because everything else is mostly mixed with the natural realm. Most Christianity is a natural form of Christianity with a little mixture. It's not spiritual enough to really cause people to rise up into the angelic sphere, to dislodge the fallen angels from being the covering over nations. We need real Christianity that does exactly what Song of Solomon 8 says so that we take our place in the sky. Like it says in Isaiah 35, so that we walk in the high way of holiness where there is no unclean thing. You know why there's no unclean thing? Because you're there. Because a consecrated saint took their inheritance in the angelic sphere over the earth. They rejected living a human life and and they sacrificed everything and got all the earth out of their insides to live a heavenly angelic life. Scripture commands that all the things of the earth be driven out of your spirit. That's the only thing that weighs you down is everything of the earth dimension, the dust of the earth, the sin and the darkness and the knowledge of good and evil that's inside your spirit. That's what gets washed out with the geysers gushing of the glory realm so that your soul can be like a rainbow halo of the angel of Revelation 10.1. Amen. How does the angel have the halo of a rainbow in Revelation 10.1? It's in the river, because it's crystal clear and sparkling, because it has a perfectly pure heart. Amen. You want the rainbow halo? I know you do, because that's perfect ecstasy. That's having every room of the interior castle filled with the glory of God. And not just one time, but constantly. Constantly. And you're filled with the glory of God, and then you learn how to use the glory of God to operate as an angel doing angelic activity. Not as an animal, not stuck under the curse, limited to the natural man, but the supernatural divine heavenly man has supernatural angelic ability of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father does supernatural stuff constantly every chapter of every book in the Bible. Now if you are the sons and daughters of God, you'll be operating in the supernatural doing divine activities constantly every day of your life. Why? Because you are a spirit. Now, if you believe you're a body, you won't do that and your spirit will be dormant. But if you reject the earthly man, the natural man, if you reject the flesh and go after your spirit, you will have angelic activity going on in your spirit constantly, constantly. The signs and wonders follow those who live as spirits. Those who live as God's sons. Who are God's sons? Those who follow the Spirit, the Bible says. And the Spirit performs the signs, miracles, and wonders to convince your minds to reject living in natural life, to live a supernatural life in the river of His glory, in the river of His power. The glory is the power that raises your minds from the dead. And you do it by coming and listening to the prophets and apostles, the consecrated ones. You come and you listen to people who have pressed in and got cleansed on the inside, have learned God's ways, who have walked with God in Eden, who have direct revelation from Jesus Christ, people who have spent tens of thousands of hours in the Bible, and not just in the Bible, but have mixed it with the wine of the new covenant, who have mixed it with His powerful presence, mixed it with the blood of the Lamb, Mixed it with the glory of God. The word mixed with the glory is powerful and active and energized and is the exact sword that God the Father wields as a champion. God is a man of war, Exodus says. And God is a mighty king, Exodus also says. He is a warring king who wields a sword. What is the sword of our Heavenly Father? The Almighty. The Omnipotent One, our Father. What is His sword that He trains us in? It's the glory and the Word. It's the Logos and the Spirit of Glory as one. That's the Rama Word. The Rama Word is the sword of the Father. He only speaks a word in season. Like golden apples and bowls of silver is the word fitly spoken in season. Every word from the mouth of God is perfect revelation light. And it illuminates the hearts of the listeners. So when you hear revelation and you go deep into the revelation light of His Word and you begin to burn with the fire of His Word, the Father will be manifest inside you and your mind will wake up to the Father in you so that you can say, like Christ, it's the Father in me doing the works because He's so illuminated by direct revelation light that He can see God. Don't you know the verse? Matthew 5, The pure in heart see God. How do you get a pure heart? By the light of the revelation of His Word. By learning how to feast on His Word and how to drink His wine. And it starts by knowing that you're loved. That you have access to this. People think they don't deserve it. What do I got to do? You need to learn how to feast. You need revelation. Revelation comes from God the Father. Jesus said, no one comes to me unless my Father leads them. It's a supernatural thing to know Jesus. It's not natural. Nobody can know Christ unless the Father leads them by the light of revelation. Amen. And every apostle and prophet leads you to Christ by the light of the Father's revelation of the Son of God. Amen. And the revelation light illuminates your heart so that you know God more. And the increase of that light raises your soul up into the angelic sphere. And it's a gradual rising. Some people, just takes years because we're so naturally minded. But the stronger the light of revelation, the more open our minds are to learning. To learning the knowledge of the glory. Learning a completely new world called the kingdom of heaven. And it's a mystical place. This ain't something you can package and sell on MP3s and be like, oh yeah, been there, done that. This is mysticism. This is, a, this is a mystery. The Gospel is a mystery that's unfolded by a Spirit. That's what it says in Scripture. The Spirit makes alive the things of God, meaning you can only know the things of the kingdom and the glory and the Word and the power by how much you are spiritual by how much you're spiritually awakened. That's why drinking is so important. Drinking by faith is an act of faith that you are receiving the Spirit as a superior person into your body to train you in the kingdom realm that you don't know much about. Amen. Jesus Christ said the only way you could be saved is by drinking. Come to the river and drink. And the good shepherd shall lead them into the springs of the waters of life. Amen. And if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink on the last and greatest day of the feast. Come to the fountains of life and drink freely and drink abundantly. Amen. you got to learn how to drink. You're not going to make it far in God. You're not going to ever walk in a drop of glory until you drink the glory. Meaning, you have to become as spiritual as the river is spiritual. Making his ministers flames of fire is making them one with the river. You want to burn hotter? You want a city-shaking amount of power? You need to go deeper into the fire and die to your conscience. Die to self. There are levels in the river that you'll come to and you butt heads with. And it's your own pride, my own pride, and this is every degree of growth from the day we're born again. The knowledge of the glory confronts the knowledge of good and evil in the soul. And you come to a a place in the river where it requires a sacrifice of self to go any deeper in God. We've done it. We've hit those bulkheads hundreds of times. And then it's like, well, okay, bam, next level. And you get into a place of autopilot. And just because maybe there are easy things to sacrifice doesn't mean you won't come to a place where it's going to be hard to sacrifice. Because only God can see the heart. Your mind cannot see your own heart until the Father is fully formed in you. Meaning, you don't even know what you need to give up to go deeper in the glory dimension. That's why, when you hear the Holy Spirit, do not harden your hearts. And in hearing the Lord's word, lest you perish like those in the wilderness, it is written. So, you have to be able to hear the voice of many waters, the voice of the river of life. The voice of God. You have to hear the voice of the anointed one. And when he's asking you to give up stuff in your hearts and souls, know it's for your benefit because God is good and God is love. And the deeper you go in sacrificing self and giving up stuff that's hard to give up, the more power you'll walk in. Until it's hard to find stuff in there that's not God. That's where you want to be. Where it's like you really need to be under a microscope. Because you've really had a thorough sanctification of spirit, soul, mind, and body. And you want more. That's when you really become a glory addict. Where you're, you love sanctification. Because you know that's how you get a greater glory. You'll be walking in the Father's power. And your eyes will open more to the spirit. To see into heaven. To see into that dimension simultaneously and to bring it into this dimension. Amen? So it's a place of consecration. It's a place of holy matrimony. It's a place of falling in love and being a submissive bride. Trusting the King. Even though we've had many relationships in the the past that have been abusive, that have been, they've taken advantage of us. Listen, the bride talks about that all the time in Song of Solomon. So I mean, we've all been wounded so many times. We have every reason to not trust and to not yield to the King. The issue is, by tasting His goodness, by even just knowing Him a little bit, we trust that He is the way. We trust His word is true. We trust the Holy Spirit of God to illuminate us and to lead us into higher places of His love, even though it costs us areas of our life where we're full of wounds, where where we're protecting ourselves because we're wounded. Every wound of the enemy is a love wound And that's what prevents people from going higher in the Spirit. Abuse as kids. Terrible relationships. We've all had many of those. uh, Bad friends, bad parents. Uh, the, The list goes on and on. Things that have happened to us. And those are the areas in our heart that Satan and his angels use and exploit so that you don't let the Father's love flood you, heal you, and raise you above it. So it's all about learning how to drink his love and get healed of your wounds. Every area of woundedness, I mean, there's, listen, we all need healing. I mean, even the healthiest of the healthy of the healthy could use more healing until our healthiness is so super abundant, our cup overflows with healing balm of Gilead, and there's no more hospitals in our region. How about that degree of healing? That's the standard, that we're so healthy that we heal regions. And that's where we're going. And it's all about the healing of the inner person, the soul and the spirit, the healing of the spirit and the healing of the soul. And Christ and your spirit are one. So you're married in the spirit because you're born again. Now the issue is healing the soul. And it's a tremendous work. Soul healing. Most people live their life and don't get healed in their soul. I mean, you could say 99.99% of Christians didn't get their soul healed after they were born again. And they lived okay lives, but not that extravagant, not that rich in glory, not that signed and wonder filled, not that adventurous. We want to go all the way in the healing of our souls so that our faces glow like Stephen and even beyond. We want our whole bodies to glow. We want to be the exact representation of the invisible God, like light beings, Shekinah glory beings through every cell of our body, melting the elements even of our flesh, bones, and blood to blaze in the Shekinah glory. We're going after transfiguration and the total destruction of the last curse to be swallowed up, which is death. We're going after the angel Abaddon of the bottomless pit to be sealed under our feet for a thousand years. And we're going after it with the love of God. That really is the highest realm. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, and yet I will show you a way that transcends them all. The way of love. It's the highest glory dimension. It's the highest vibration. It's the highest frequency. It's the most powerful angelic realm in existence is walking in your promised land available to you right now called the Garden of Eden by believing in Jesus Christ and drinking His new wine in the name of Jesus. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. We could use your financial support. We're still broadcasting out of a crack house in the ghetto. we got a long ways to go. Grow with us. Sow a seed into Red Letter Ministries at redlettermen.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.